What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with the policy that's affordable and earns cash value, which allows me to use the money from the policy while I'm still alive. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk Super Bowl 56. We talk a little bit about the major trades in the NBA. Big deal, no thing, and nothing to do with sports. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thanks for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Instagram and the Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. I am excited. You know what I mean? May One I more have time. Your attention, my dog Eminem, but we're gonna get all up into that in just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Without further ado, welcome in my guy and yours, DJ High Star. Holla at the people. I got a Russian sound engineer and a check one, two. It went, it went. A check one, two. Let's go. What's good with you, bro? Listen, man, chilling, really trying to hold back all of my elation from uh, <laughs> such a great game. I probably wasn't showing up if it went any other way. Listen, uh, just it, give me the heads up. It definitely was a great game. And it, um, without further ado, man, let's just jump straight into it, man. Head first. You feel me? So Super Bowl 56 took place in Los Angeles, where the L.A. Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20 in the final game of the 2021 season, man. Uh, like you mentioned, dog, it was a good and um came down really to the last series uh, when 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 the world-class players show up and, and show themselves to be world-class man overall what was your feel for the game man like what what, what did you love what did you hate uh what stood well, out to you i'm glad that you you started with that i did want to kind of preface some stuff with dissecting and setting the scene where were you at for the game bro here at the crib uh, okay naive. <laughs> yeah I think I don't know if it's COVID related or because it was Valentine's Day, but the uh, the Super Bowl parties was definitely at a minimum. It seemed like this past weekend, everybody was booed up and playing hours and hours by money long or whatever. I, I don't know what they was doing, bro. But anyways, I was down in Columbia. Shout out to Neil Ashton, Mr. Frank Lucas uh, for opening up his doors to me. 
you know, my little second home away from home down there uh, and caught the game there. But even out there, it was a very light, very light situation. It was just, you know, it was it was very, very light. Anyways, um, real quick, though, any food vibes that you any spreads or anything crazy that you did? Not even, man. Like, um, gotcha. I, I really was on some chill, man. We we had had a little other, other engagement early in the afternoon. So by the time I got home, I was tired, boss. I didn't even yeah. watch the TV. I watched it on my iPad, man. Really, so it was. That's what I'm saying. It was something about this year that was just different with the with the viewership of it and stuff. My wings was trash that we got. No shout out to y'all. The <laughs> trash behind. I mean, granted, and I'll get to the game. I'm sorry, but granted. On Super Bowl Sunday, you can't expect but so much from these food places because they're slammed with orders and oh, all of that no stuff. Way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to just put it like this, Big Cliff. It felt like they had the chicken wings on 200 from about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock <laughs> that morning until we went to pick it up at 530, just 630 or whatever like that. Just slow roasting out there, huh? Very, very slow, man. Listen, now I will say this. There have been years in the past where, for me, the Super Bowl is better than Thanksgiving, man. I'll, I'll say my pastor down in uh, Orangeburg. Talk bro. on it. Speak about it. Bro, they would have the spread. Because, first of all, he would invite all the fellas from the church anyway. And so we would roll deep out there. It'd be 15, 20 people deep. Sometimes they'd have it like in a little man cave like Shady had in the back. Sometimes it'd be... Right there in the living room, like women in the kitchen watching it on the separate. Like it just would be like a whole thing, man. And so like they would have like turkeys and chicken and meatballs mm. and just all the sides in my old. And the first lady would make this pecan pie, bro. Listen, bro, and like cakes. Like they would like when I tell you it was like it rivaled Thanksgiving. The Super Bowl was like really like that, and everybody brought something. So like this was of course pre COVID. So in a living room that would comfortably seat four to five regularly, you got 10 mm-hmm. people slammed sitting on top of each other. You know what I mean? Um, granted, I understand in COVID days, we ain't, you know, ain't too much of that going on no more. Preferably, hopefully, thankfully. And also, also, <laughs> I, I blame Ukraine for all of this, man. I hate to, it's not Carolina <laughs> politics talk, but the whole inflation, bruh, and yeah. bruh, my chicken wings, I promise you, Cause I, I just okay. All right, I listen, had to double back. No, no, not even. We gonna say this. We here okay. now. Okay, y'all, y'all complained when the uh, all those protein genetically enhanced chicken was out here talking about the chickens are too big. And it's like right. all right, we'll go regular then. And now you're like the chickens are too small. Well, and then my <laughs> see my it wasn't even about wings being like larger or small for me. This past Super Bowl Sunday, it was how dry the first bet. Like we got a fifty piece. It was just. Me, Ash, and another one of his homeboys and ended up destroying those because they tasted like they were a day or two old. So I had to ask Ashton, like, yo, is Wing Street from Pizza Hut popping right now? (laughs) And, bruh, for a 12-piece from Wing Street, they wanted, like, $20. So I ended up getting a six-piece. Wow. (sighs) Yeah. Anyways, so that's the food part of everything. I just wanted to get a – I wanted to set the scene and see where you were at. For the Super Bowl, even though I knew. But anyways, I wanted the, 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 the audience. You wanted to put me out. <laughs> Not even. I just wanted to set the scene for where both of us was at watching the game and that it was very anticlimactic pause. It wasn't a bunch of uh, hoopla and pomp and circumstance. It was just really felt like watching another game on a Sunday outside right. of the stuff we're about to talk about. But anyways, fact, to get bro. to the game, um, 
the the quick start from the Rams had me very very excited. Um, I know we're going to get to all of that to, to the stuff that the injury with Odell is what kind of froze me. That's why I lost hope up until the last drive or two, um, you know, and I, back it was just a roller coaster of emotion. So back toward the end of the game, I was back ecstatic and happy again, of course. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. Profanity, profanity laden. Profanity laden. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> For me, the gameplay overall was good, man. I enjoyed it. Um, even when the Rams were starting starting early and fast, I was like, yo, we've seen this game. This was literally what the game that we played last the week. The Chiefs. Exactly. Um, and so what seemed like a... We. We. Not we as in me <laughs> along with them boy, you know what I mean, with the Bengals. Yes, I hit you with the them boy. No, but like we as in a people, the game... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. The viewers. Yeah, 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 yeah. The consumers, if you would. It's the same game we saw or that they played, rather, um, last week. And so I wasn't really disheartened. And then it didn't even take until the first, uh, the end of the first half. And then when it came out after halftime, they looked like a team that was poised to win. Um, I will admit and acknowledge the Odell Beckham injury um, really had the potential to overcome this team and put them in a position where they couldn't overcome from the deficit, but um, Jefferson. This team, you mean who though? I'm sorry to cut you off. The Rams. I just want, the Rams. Okay, gotcha. Because they were already doubling up on Cooper Cup, and which was allowing him the opportunity, exactly. uh, him being Beckham, to get off like that. And so when they didn't have him as a secondary threat, Jefferson tried to step up. It didn't quite work out like it was, but then they were like, you know what? Y'all can triple cover him. We throwing the, throw the coop. And that was up until, I mean, they, they decided to do that almost too late. But mm-hmm. it was pretty much right at the right time when they decided to do that. What allowed them the opportunity to be in that position, though, was that defense. It's been right. said. Up. It's been said many times, many ways. Defense wins championships every day. Dog, the defense of the of the Los Angeles Rams earned my respect. Um, with Joe Burrow being who he has been, and we've lauded him. Um, a lot in the last couple of weeks, and I still give that man that respect, but um, the defensive scheme figured out that offensive line. They were playing out of their minds for the first three quarters, maybe even two and a half. They looked like they were up for the task, and the stunts that they were running on the offensive line were putting them in a position where uh, they were just not going to let Aaron Donald beat them. And so uh, the, you could see that the Rams realized exactly what they were doing. And it was almost really not long after uh, uh, one of the commentators made notice of what was going on about them pinching Aaron Donald on his side and allowing the center to kick around to the right side, the left side rather, to go ahead and give some help. And so once they heard, once they said it on, on the air, it was like the defense was like, oh, yeah. And they said, okay, if that's what you're going to do, we're going to send Von Miller on a double stunt coming around the backside of where you're pulling from and put him in a position to, to just eat your quarterback. And um, you, you keep Joe Burrow upright. He is incredible. It's hard, 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 hard to throw a ball when you got those fellas in your face, in your face consistently at every single play, man. Well, yeah, and you said it. Um, we saw this last week. You know, we saw during the Tennessee game, uh, the seven sacks and how that nine. looks. But um, so what's that? It was nine in the Tennessee game. Oh, in the Tennessee game, it was nine, excuse me. Yeah. But we saw how how those, you know, multiple sacks looks and and then still Joe Burrow has made us all believers. You know what I mean? So the scary thing, again, was, you know, 
is he going to, like you said, is he going to stay upright? Is he going to figure out a way still to keep it close and this and that? Um, my, my pick was hinged and contingent on LA's defense, not, not more or less ODB and uh, Cooper Cup, even though those was contributing factors to my pick. But the leadership of Aaron Donald and Avon Miller at those two levels, to me, when you have superstars at that level, elite superstars, and it's in a big game like this, when you start game planning, you're going to anticipate a double team to Aaron Donald. You're going to anticipate Von Miller getting special attention. So these other guys have the opportunity to stand up and make plays. And that's what the Rams did as well. Even though, again, the, the highlight plays definitely went to Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Uh, I think we'll talk about Jalen Ramsey here as well. So, again, Jalen Ramsey, I looked at him as a leader in the secondary. I, I, again, that's the, the main reason I chose them is that they were strong and had strong leadership or elite players at each level. Mm-hmm. Um, the secondary, the linebackers, and the linemen. But, you know, again, they, they, they showed up. They, they definitely bended and didn't break as far as a team because the turnovers put them in some very precarious positions and, and very – you know, strange positions and stuff, but they just didn't break. They, they, they stood up to the task. Uh, they didn't go against their team and, you know, Oh man, you throwing a pig in that. Nah, they all had one mission in mind. So when the defense got on the field, you know, their, their number one goal was let's get to this quarterback. Absolutely. And let's give it up. The Rams offensive players stepped up. If you take a look, even in the coming out of the backfield, Daryl Henderson had 43 yards receiving Bryson Hobson, Hopkins had 47. Odell, before he went, I had 52. Although Cooper never uh, broke the 100-yard mark, he still had 92 and two touchdowns. Both of them had big, huge points in the game. Um, I think that this entire game, though, can be summed up and boiled down to six plays. Okay? Follow with me here, bro. And I know you've seen it on social media. And and for for the fans out there, we will post it on our social media at Carolina Sports Talk on Instagram. Or you can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Or if you want to be a part of the group interactive, you can hit us up on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back. So a whole bunch of ways for you guys to be in connection with us. But there were six plays that allowed really the swing of this game to be um, kind of pushed over into the Rams uh, perspective you and I talked off air about how there were a lot of missed calls and they were kind of swallowing their whistles so to say Pauls on the first half of the really the first half of the game first three quarters but there were certain integral parts throughout and primarily in that fourth quarter that the the, the momentum ultimately swung in the way of the Rams the first one that stands out to me is Aaron Aaron Donald lined up in a critical fourth and one off sides and it was not called um, there was pass interference by one of the Rams. I want to say it was Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey on um, uh, what's your boy's name? Eighty five for the Bengals. Um, Higgins on T Higgins coming across the line. That one should have been called. Now the most egregious to me, even though it swung in the favor of who I was supporting and rooting for in that instance, um, had to have been a face mask on Jalen Ramsey on that Bengals touchdown. He oh it was it was a it was a boss move. I got to give it to him. First of all, to, to to pull a move off and it not get caught and to pull it off in the Super Bowl, they, they were lockstep together, running, 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 and he just gave a nice little, huh, t- that's something that he's, pra- they've, they've practiced that, knowing his tendencies, and, and it was honestly one that was missed that really could, 
could have not allowed the momentum of the Bengals to even get started. Um, there was another pass interference play um, on the Rams. And so, again, they were both sides. And then the other two were both <laughs> both of the Rams tackles false starting on third and goal and, and it not being caught. And then finally, the um, pass interference call that was called on Cooper Cup. Um, it, it just should not have been called. He was in a good position. He did not tug. Unfortunately, it's not a reviewable play. But for that for that foul at the goal line and just to give them uh, the ball at the one-yard line, it was crucial. It was crucial. And, and I think that kind of broke their backs if that Aaron Donald sack didn't. So you, you, where do your thoughts with regards to the referees? Do you, do you, do you think that – Go ahead with complete complete your question. I'm sorry. What do you think that with the like for these six six plays and with the referees overall and their inconsistency in one game from quarter to quarter, do you think that there should be some type of uh, liability and or some type of responsibility for them and their missed calls? It's definitely tough to to retroactively kind of um, hold them accountable, Mm -hmm. but you hate. Whether it's NBA, whether it's boxing, whether it's NFL, you hate for officials to be a storyline of of a competition of a, or of a match or whatever. Whether it's tennis, even like you just hate for officials to. I've never, I've never liked, bro. I've never been a fan of the the showboating dancing referees in in basketball or in baseball. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't like. The, the, the position of an official is to be stealth and to just be a rule caller, you know, and <laughs> keep everything as fair as possible. So anytime uh, officials are in the headlines and stuff like that, it's uh, always a sour thing. Yeah. But it's definitely tough, especially the last game of the season. I think we take for granted how big the moment is for officials. It, it's, it's huge for players. Mm. And the moment is equally, if not, larger for officials because for one you know again it's the big game the last game of the season but also we don't know this we're talking about uh probably a a billion dollar industry in the in the like in the hundreds hundreds of billions of dollars and i think we spoke about it in the past it's an iceberg right the 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 top is your um fan duels and and different like legal betting and stuff like that but it's a huge iceberg underneath, not to mention fantasy teams and, and things like that. It's a huge, huge iceberg underneath that you don't know who's in these refs' ears at the mm. end of the day. And for real. So the pressure that we don't get to talk about all the time for referees, the moment is a big moment if you're officiating in these big games. And I think they they this past Super Bowl, they were worried about not making the wrong call or not being like um, quick with their whistle from the beginning is similar to like postseason basketball and, and March madness and stuff like that with college basketball. Sometimes they just let, let the, let the boys play, you know? And I don't know what switch was hit with the officiating crew uh, for this game, but from the beginning, you could tell like, Oh, this is going to be a little bit different game. Like they're going to be a little bit, the people are going to be a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. They're letting the guys kind of play a little bit rougher with each other. Every time, you know, every time like a DB gets an incomplete pass, they'll they'll throw their hands up real quick and look over like toward the refs and stuff regularly. Right. They were doing that and there wasn't no flags called, but you could tell that's kind of a telltale sign that 
whatever DB or, or linebacker that that is that's in coverage knows that they got away with something whenever they look mm-hmm. at they look over that officials and they'd be like i didn't do it i didn't do nothing and it's like bro oh, there not wasn't no flag thrown <laughs> right yeah. oh okay yeah 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 because i didn't do nothing right you know right, so right. i think the moment was very very big for a lot of the officials so here here we go are, are you ready to hear the behind the scenes on why it really happened no so ahead. as we continue through with the show <laughs> no here's the reason Somebody in a Buffalo Wild Wings picked up the phone and called and said, listen, Cincinnati Bengals got too much going on. Your wife's necklace is looking real pretty right now. No, I'm just kidding. But like somebody, (laughs) honestly, you could never really know what's going on with them people. You don't know who got what bills, who anyhow, but I'm not going to become one of the conspiracy theorists with regards to that. Even though we know the Panthers got cheated out of our Super Bowl, even though, you know, hey, both of our Super Bowls, technically, if not for that John Casey kick, if not for uh, Cam Newton miraculously not remembering how to play football. With one Von Miller. Von Miller. Listen. You got some explaining to do. You got some explaining to do. Now, that's a good point. Von Miller. He was traded in for just this, for such a season as this. Uh, we know that the Rams made a major offseason commitment uh, with the quarterback that they selected for this purpose, getting Matt Stafford out of Detroit, who oddly enough had in his what 12 seasons in Detroit had never won a playoff game. And then here he comes in his first season here and won three straight and now Super Bowl champ. Um, I think the storylines for the Rams should be very interesting. I would not be surprised if they go similar to the route of Von Miller's last team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Denver Broncos, after they won, their quarterback retired. Uh, a lot of his fellow defensive men retired. They kind of got that opportunity, got to the highest pinnacle, and they were like, we're out of here. One of the biggest names, Aaron Donald. Um, there was some buzz around and some rumors swirling prior to the game that if they won, he would, in fact, retire. When they asked him about it afterwards, he, he simply mentioned and said, hey, I'm in this moment right now. I'm just enjoying this with my friends, uh, with my teammates. I'll look to make those kinds of decisions later, but I'm not thinking about that right now. That, to me, screamed of a man who's going to retire. Um, do you see Aaron yeah, Donald? Yeah, the PR response. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see Aaron Donald uh, retire- returning to the L.A. Rams next year? Um, uh, it, to me, is like 65 35%. 65% that he'll retire, 35%. That'll come back. Honestly, the the level that he's played at the past 10 years, the accolades that he's collected, all he was missing was the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl victory and that Super Bowl ring. Um, you know, it. I don't know, especially from a defensive stance, I don't know how much, um, I don't know how much desire and, and how much you're encouraged, how, how encouraged you are to come back. If, again, he's proven everything that he's can prove that he has you know, had to prove as one of the greatest defensive players of all time, really, in my book. Um, He's a defensive tackle, and he's built like a linebacker that, you know what I'm saying? Like, the guy has probably 0% body fat or whatnot. Like, so I I could definitely see uh, him chilling out, taking it, take, like, letting his body rest, because He's literally been a machine for the past 10 years, if you will, or eight years, nine years, whatever it's been. Um, and then each, pretty much each year, get into Pro Bowls, uh, probably missing one or two, like, mm-hmm. defensive player of the years or something like that. Like, the guy is unbelievable. So 
if he does choose to, well deserved. But I put my if I put my gauge on it, sixty five percent that he does, thirty five percent that he doesn't. I would like to see him retire. I I one hundred percent agree with everything you say. For me, he's been the Mike Trout of the NFL, the best player for a lot of years. But because he's not that loud personality and flashy over the top, his teams hadn't necessarily been one of the absolute best teams every year consistently. But he has proven who he is and his play has spoken for itself. And so um, for him to have now gained that last kind of jewel in the crown, I would like to see him go out, be able to go out on top. Absolutely. And one more thing with it, I think that the time that we're in now, these players understand their value and they don't stay on the field as long. Of course, uh, early examples and stuff is your, your Calvin Johnsons of the world who took who took a, a cue or a page out of Barry Sanders' book, but Calvin Johnson definitely kind of set it up for this generation of football players that, hey, you know what? I don't got to play until my knees don't work no more, until I'm walking into Canton, walking into the Hall of Fame, hobbling and stuff like OJ. Nah, like I, I want to be able to, you know, there's different ways that they can maximize their money and different avenues and, and arenas that they can get into, no play on words intended where they can make some money, if not more money, than the guaranteed money of uh, of what these NFL contracts give them. So I definitely, you know, we're not going to question if he can if he can continue on without football. You know, there's going to be definitely Absolutely. opportunities for him. Without doubt. Without doubt. So I, I, I got a quick question for you, though. Go for it. Um, and we kind of touched on it earlier, but what, what were your feelings whenever Odell did go down? Um, did you notice what when they replayed the injury itself, did you know what type of injury it was right away? Like, what were you thinking at going for the Bengals and stuff like that? When when it happened, I, I never like to see anybody get hurt, um, period. I don't care if it's a kicker, offensive lineman, ball boy. Um, it, having had do, well-documented injuries before, I know, I know the feeling and then the, the anxiety. And all Cue the Nas. Yeah. Cue the Nas song. They shooting. I made you look. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, slave to a page in my brown book. So from um, just from that perspective, I didn't like it. And then when I when they showed the replay, I was like, "Wait, did he just drop that? He don't drop those." And then I instantly, my mind started replaying back to the jolt that he had in his body, and I was like, "I think he hit his knee." And I mean, again, I don't know Cleveland is grass if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm, turf and they're on turf of course in la i mean he's been playing lights out and stuff like that but turf is turf yeah one of the other players said hey nfl outlaw turf put grass everywhere because your body does not ever get used to once you've been all your life playing on a certain uh plat- platform playing on grass literally from little league high school middle school up through college in most instances. And then you get to this artificial turf that's made to replicate, but it doesn't have the same absorption. It's like gymnasts when they're in, in a gym that has this vaulted spring floors and then they go to a hardwood floor. Then with mats on it, there's a different give. And so that muscle memory is not the same. And so as such, when you got folks moving that quick, that big, that fast, and that muscle memory, even if there's a half of inch of give more, now your body has to adjust to that, and it, and it causes so much more injuries, and man. It's it's. Terrible. I was going to say it's, it's similar to NBA player going to asphalt for half mm-hmm. of their games or playing on blacktop 
for half of the games because that's how the stadium is built. And with ODB, you're in a, a, a game like that, every single step, you're – I don't know how to describe this, but your mind is moving faster than your body. You could tell on that play he already had the ball caught in his head and he was up the field. He was trying to make moves before he actually possessed the ball. Mm-hmm. Some people argue that Matt Stafford, that it was a poor throw and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was a decent throw to me. But, again, I think that in his mind, he was – because he was already hot. Mm-hmm. again 52 yards or whatever like that and a touchdown so i think he was ready to get busy bust some moves in his head before his body could actually react and like you said all it takes is that split second uh especially on turf and we see what happened yeah shout out to odell man we you, you got your ring man but heal up man um if we're talking about folks retiring i don't know why it just popped into my head but Let's keep an eye on Mr. Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers. With as many of the new folks, players, who are putting their health and their safety first, uh, a la Andrew Luck. um, I should have brought up Luke Keekley. Sticking right here in Charlotte, Luke Keekley. With as many as them have done so recently and in recent years, don't be surprised if his is a name that we hear begin to pick up some steam with regards to a lot of folks are saying just trade him. I mean, I could very easily see that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Christian McCaffrey retired in the offseason. Quick little hot take from Sports Tradamus. We'll see if anything comes uh, to fruition about that. Speaking of hot take, he, he trying to cover it. Y'all, he trying to cover himself because <laughs> go ahead, man. Because we really, because honestly, if you look at it, bro. Just I want you to pay attention, sports Carolina Sports Talk Nation. I haven't I haven't boasted, I haven't bragged, but one thing that I did want to bring up before we move forward, bro, I do want to give both of us kudos. We was in prices right fashion, the prices right fashion. We overbid, but I think both of us did have a three point deficit uh-huh. or a three point gap in in the score. I, I was I'm trying. Okay, yeah, you twenty one twenty four. No, I want 20, to say. no, 27, 17. No. Did you change yours last minute? No, I, I, I specifically listened to that episode uh, to get the oh, scores yeah, yeah, before yeah, Super Bowl yeah, yeah, started. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the episode, on the episode itself, you may have, I believe you said 21, 24. And then in Carolina sports talk, talk back. I think that you, yeah. right. I think that you had adjusted it some, but both of us originally had it as a close game, a three point game in the twenties. We were just, like I said, Bob Barkered it, and we was just, the price is right, a little over. (laughs) Shout out to us, man. We kind of sort of do this out here, a little piece, you know what I mean? So, again, this is Carolina Sports Talk. You're rocking with your man, Big Cliff and DJ Highstar. Thank you for listening on your favorite podcast app. Make sure next time you tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know it, but I enjoy saying that line, you know what I mean? That's kind of like my tagline at this point in time, so... Without further ado, bro, let's uh, let's talk a little NBA, man. Well, well, well. Can we get into some Carolina culture talk? I know we've been Yo, sports talked out. Thank you. No, nah, I don't know how. That's on you. That's, that's on you. On me. So, you know what? okay, the first thing. So, exactly. Let you get the chance. Thank you for the Takashi. Oh, <laughs> oh, can you can you run that Takashi back one time for that Bengals player that caught that fifteen yard penalty? Bro, you didn't bring that up. I'm not gonna let you get the chance. Bro, how do you get a 15-yard penalty for your team? Passion, excitement, 
And you, and you ain't even got on no pads. And Nike slides. <laughs> trying to do that stupid dance. Stupid. Wouldn't even let you get the chance. Yo. Yeah, so... Bro, All right, wild. like let's talk a little bit Carolina culture talk real quick, bro, and, and and kind of shift gears. Did you have any commercials that stood out to you first and foremost before we get to the big part that we want to all that's inevitable to talk about? And, and I hate to be the sports guy through and through, but the LeBron James commercial talking to two thousand three LeBron for me was probably my favorite commercial. And you and, and, I, and y'all know I'm not a LeBron fan, but. Uh, that that was well made. It, bravo and kudos to Mister 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 LBJ. Awesome. Uh, there definitely was, of course, highly produced commercials and stuff. The Coinbase one stood out to me of uh-huh. just the floating uh-huh. QR code. Did you that scan was, it? Huh? Did you scan it? Ashton did. Ashton did. <laughs> and the other person, that, like the, uh, the other person we had in the house, was like, "Yo, man, what if uh, what if that's a virus for your phone or something, man?" <laughs> I'm like, it's the Super Bowl. On they the spent Super millions Bowl. of dollars. They spent millions of dollars on this. Uh, Listen, I don't think it it's was a clever because again, I was Very. laying on the couch watching it on the iPad. And I was like, "Oh, so it's just gonna yeah. keep going? Oh, right. it's gonna keep." Now I kind of gotta scan it because it just keeps going. <laughs> and then and when you, I saw the coin base, down thirty seconds. Yeah, I was like, okay, so y'all y'all got billions of dollars. You might as well invest it in some clever marketing to get more billions right. of dollars. Absolutely. There was a lot of there was a lot of that futuristic money, you know, how futuristic mm-hmm. currency is getting and stuff. So there was a lot of that going around. Uh, Wait, now, real quick. Do you remember what the LeBron commercial was sponsoring? No, I, I, no. that's the only thing that <laughs> it didn't it didn't stick. The most effective marketing has to be able to pitch what the heck is pitching. It's got to tell you what it's for. That was actually another Coinbase commercial also. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, the Sopranos one stood out to me as well. Uh-huh. Got yourself a gun, you know, uh, selling the Chevy or the Chevy truck, I want to say, a Silverado. Um, but, yeah, that so that, that that puts a bow tie on the commercials for us. You want to get to the, the proceedings proceeding this evening? So, um... <laughs> May I have your attention, please? For the first time, the Super Bowl halftime is for the culture. <laughs> I thanks enjoy- to your boy. So oh. uh, thanks to the partnership of Mr. Uh, Jay-Z himself. I almost say, um, I almost called him Puffy's name. But anyway, Mr. Uh, Sean Carter. We had an interesting and dynamically diverse uh, halftime show that headlined Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent, and Miss Mary Monet G. I mean, Blige. Um, it was definitely a show that was for the culture um, that included throwback references to a lot of their great songs. Um, there was you some, forgetting Kendrick. And Kendrick Lamar. How can I forget K-Dot? The living legend himself. I don't care what nobody says. K is one of the best in the game right now. Him and J. Cole. K and J, baby. That's, I mean, like, the future best. Anyhow, um, overall for me, bro, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm i not one of these, um, it's the best Super Bowl show ever. Thank you. Thank you. Nah, Thank you. it wasn't that. I mean, because I can name three off top that was better. Let's say we have in revisionist history when people do say that, but. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, nah. It was, I, and, and I put it out on Facebook. I was like, I'm entertained. 
um, from seeing. And, and even with the people talking, 50 Cent looking more like a dollar. He ain't the I was, hey, like you that. took my joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say 75 Cent was out there, not 50. <laughs> but my thing is this. How many of them look the same from 2003 as well? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the type of person to talk about that. Look. Bruh, put on a put on a whole G unit long sleeve T shirt. Then don't put on the old two thousand. If he had the same exact two thousand three oh, wife beater that, that he had on in that in the club video, he's he's got a box of those sealed up from then somewhere in a closet. Somebody's just been holding on because it was absolutely you're right with the little uh, checkerboard print with the and. I can. I instantly had a flashback to 03 and everybody was wearing. I was like, I refuse to wear that. Now I did have the G Unit T-shirt. I actually still have that G Unit T-shirt somewhere in like workout clothes or something. But I, I rap for the culture. I just wasn't putting on the beater, bro. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, if we're and they, because the thing was down in Charleston, we have these stores that are like in the same shopping center of, of WalMarts and stuff that. Um, are run by Indians. Shout out to my Indian culture. Cause but they normally come on, brother. And, and they, the <laughs> cuz fashions of the man. world was the ones, and in the mall too. But those were the stores, the ones that had the <laughs> the lo- the affordable suits, if you will. Yeah. They would have these undershirts, just kind of extra. Now, don't get me wrong, your champs and your Foot Lockers, they they kind of dabbled in it as well. That cut, that cut was definitely popular, but. With the color on the the rim mm-hmm. of the the of the shirt, those Cuz fashions and New York fashion and all of those type of stores where you could haggle your way into like a hundred dollars uh, worth of suits and clothes for like seventy five fifty dollars. Right. Those were the stores that had it. So I definitely stayed away from those. But if we were to flash <laughs> back in two thousand three, I was a junior at Fort Dorchester High School, or um, rather, when the peak of G Unit, I was a senior. At Fort Dorchester High School, and I took you know, there's like a, a jacket, not a quarterback jacket, but kind of for DBs that we wear under mm-hmm. the pads that kind of absorb you know those hits. I turned that around <laughs> so the back, and I, it was like a senior, it was like a senior uh event where you know, oh, get your group of friends and y'all can act like celebrities or whatever. and we were G unit. So I turned that cover. around and I had a fake chain and everything. And I was, yeah, I was 50. <laughs> listen, it does not feel like it was that long ago, but listening to some of the music, it was definitely entertaining. I, I, I enjoyed a lot of people. Um, of course, on Facebook, you, you seen the Nike Pegasus wearers and worst Super Bowl halftime show ever. Um, <laughs> and it's like, come on, bro. Wasn't the Nike worst. Pegasus wearers. I love it. Uh, but at the end of the day, The Who was absolutely by far the worst uh, halftime show. But it, it flashed me back to all the way back in, in the early 90s. My uncle had passed uh, last year, man. I can remember being at his house watching Super Bowl and the Wayne uh, and uh, in living color saying, yo, come on over to our halftime show. We keep you entertained. We got a clock on the screen so you know when to turn back to the big game. Come on over here and kick it with us. And we clicked completely over there and watched the entire time, the whole halftime. And when the little clock said two seconds, we clicked back. And in two seconds, the game was coming back on. I thought at that point, it was the illest thing in history to me, bro. Yeah. And kudos to you for bringing that up on um, social media. Because when I did see that, I said, you know what? Big Cliff's right. Like, that (laughs) that was kind of fly whenever they did that. And I remembered that as well. So, 
I'm like, you know what? Big Cliff is right. Um, this if I may, well, go ahead. No, I was going to say to me, this moment was birthed out of that. When they saw a need, when In Living Color saw that need, that we weren't being entertained. And if you think about it, again, that was like the early to mid-90s. And this came, it took this long, but we've had a need since that time. Yeah, we've had the J-Lo's and the Michael's and the, and the Janet's and everything. But at the end of the day, this was what we need. And this was birthed out of that for me. But go ahead. I just wanted to bring up a last, cu- last couple of things regarding the halftime show uh, that I've got to raise my February Black History fist to all of the people for. Um, it's a graphic that I posted in Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back. So make sure that y'all catch that on our in our group on Facebook. Uh, it said, the graphic says, everything they told Dr. Dre and company not to do, they did anyways. Uh, <laughs> told Eminem not to take a knee, he did it anyways. They told Snoop not to rep the Crips, he did it anyway. They told Dr. Dre not to say, still not loving police, he did it anyways. So, and, and salute, quick honorable mention, salute to the choreographed Crip Walkers that they had out there, uh, you know, in their <laughs> in their dicky attire or whatnot. Uh, I've never seen a choreographed Crip Walk before, but hey, man. How, how about Happy this? Black History Month. Next level. Are you ready for this? Uh, Anderson Pack playing the drums out there. Oh, yeah. Dopeness. Talk about it. Uh, Dr. Dre playing the piano out there. Dopeness. Here's the only thing for me, and it, and this is incredibly nitpicky, and it's the musician in me. None of them were playing. Mary wasn't singing live. All of that was pre-recorded. And I understand it's, it's the Super Bowl halftime. You don't want any flubs or anything like that, but I'm, I'm never going to be a, a proponent of the pre-recorded music, like having played live in front of 15,000. Now, granted, the Super Bowl is way different than the little 15,000 that I played at the Cobo Center in Detroit, I get it. However, comma, I'm always wanted. I'm always wanted live and raw and in color. Like I, I, I wasn't a fan of the pre-recorded. Um, and then they were faking. And if, like the guy who was playing the bass, his hands didn't move up the fret at all. It was like, come on, bro, you are very visibly not playing that instrument. Like if you was gonna fake it, you could at least fake it a little bit better than that to make people who didn't realize. And again, I, I know that it's the musician in me and that it was very much me being a, anal and attentive to that detail, but like, bro, you look you faked horribly. Like you were like some milli vanilli on this, man. <laughs> mm. So uh other than that, other than that, again, I was entertained by the show. Um, I didn't hate it. I really uh, was glad I got an opportunity to witness that history, especially because they're probably never going to give it back to us again. Uh, so shout out <laughs> to the one time we get it and rag it up. <laughs> right. They're like, Jay, I told you. I told you. Uh, bring Alicia Keys on next year. There you go. You know there you go. Saying? Oh, Janae Aiko singing America the Beautiful. What do you think about it? Janae Aiko, man. I mean, shout out to one of LA's very own. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can't sing, so. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, but she that's not that's not the thing for her. Now the gotcha. country singer with the voice of an angel that sang the uh, American the national anthem, she got off. She could sing. I'm like, oh, never heard of you, but you you got a little chops on you. Might have to go download one of your songs on Apple Music real quick. But uh, overall, I, I, the, the entire game was an experience. It did feel much, like you said, like a regular game. like Not like 
this is the Super Bowl, the last game of the season. It felt like, yo, we've had like, and we were spoiled. We had seven consecutive amazing playoff games. This is possibly now. I don't want to be that slave to the moment, prisoner of the prisoner moment, moment, right? But I will say that this has probably been the best consecutive playoffs uh, that I've ever witnessed. And I, 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 I kind of alluded to it when we were talking about Joe Burrow a couple of weeks ago that every game this year or this postseason is taken so much. It's taken every ounce of blood, mm-hmm. sweat, and tears for a team, every ounce of chemistry, every ounce of teamwork for a team to excel to that next level. That's why you kind of feel bad, especially with the way that Joe Burrow, I'm not sure if you saw it, but he got on Twitter and he apologized to, you know, Cincinnati and stuff like that. The thing that a quarterback, a real quarterback would do, Sam Darnold, but um, he he apologized to to the whole city and and put the loss on his back pretty much and and everything like that. But it takes so much out of you each week. Mm -hmm. And then you got to prepare and get ready to do it all over again. Not only do it all over again, but it's like one of those video games where each level that you get into gets harder. It's not nothing to play with, right? It, mm-hmm. it and that's it was a beautiful postseason, honestly. I again, I'm a I'm, I won't even listen. Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep my own, you know, Kaepernick thoughts to myself at the moment. But just coming back and being ingratiated back into the NFL and and watching it again and, and becoming a fan again and stuff this postseason was so uh it was such a payoff if you will Absolutely. like every single weekend you got exactly what you paid for and, and more yep worth the cost of a mission with Absolutely. i guess with the exception those the first first round it might have had a couple of blowouts right we had what one or two blowouts yeah i think there might have been for each weekend or each day of the weekend there might have been like one game that was but like you mentioned, that's just kind of like it's the intro. It's like, okay, this extra game, this extra playoff seed. That Bills-Patriots game. Like, y'all the ones that shouldn't have been here. Like, we appreciate you going home, get ready for next year. Appreciate this late draft pick. Holla. Right. So, um, but after that, man, th- these last three weeks consecutive? High level. High level five. football. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, my only hopes are that the NBA can match this level with its upcoming uh, all-star break and with all the trades that have gone down. So with that being said, let's jump straight into NBA and get some scores. Sure, because we didn't want to talk about how the Rams sealed it up. But that's fine. Neither here nor there. We can just get off the Super Bowl altogether. <laughs> uh, my pick was right. Um, let's start off. This scores are from Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th, or as some of the girls are calling it, Galentine's Day. The Wizards hold over on, the Pistons, on, 103 to... I literally had to stop your music. You said they're calling it what? Are we still live right now? Very much so, yes. Yes, yes. The girls are the same way that they kind of stole Thanksgiving and turned it into Friendsgiving for all of them to get together. And let's all, they're calling it Galentine's Day, the, the single ladies, and they're getting together with their with their girlfriends and, and hanging out. Come on, bro, man. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, man, that's a real thing. I didn't, I'm not. Listen, I'm be... not knocking you, ladies. That was Big Cliff. That was oh, Big this Cliff. is one thousand percent Big Cliff, and I'm not just knocking the ladies, fellas. If you have no, I guess fellas wouldn't have a Galentine's Day. Exactly. Is would it, would it or be a pal or a Valentine's Day? Day? For that? No, we're not doing that. 
We don't have no kind of bromances that we're celebrating or none of that. No, we're not. Dog, if I want to hang out with my dog and it happens to fall out, fall on a Valentine's Day, we're going the next day, cuz just off the strength of nah, bruh. That li- li- nah, that ain't no. But thing. it's just right. It's just a rebrand. It's literally a rebrand of the holiday. Like, okay, you single, I'm single, girl. We gonna love ourselves together. You know what I'm saying? I, that's what I take it as. But anywho, yeah, Valentine's Day, going out for brunch, mimosas, all of that type of stuff. Let's get back to some basketball. <laughs> so from Monday, February the 14th, we're gonna start off with the Wizards over the Pistons, 103 to 94. The Brooklyn Nets uh, beat the Kings 109 to 85. The Thunder over my Knicks in overtime 127 to 123. The Bulls beat the Spurs 120 to 109. The Trailblazers over the Bucks 122 to 107. The Pelicans beat the Raptors 120 to 90. The Nuggets win over the Magic 121 to 111. The Rockets route, excuse me, are routed by the Jazz. 135 to 101, and the Clippers beat the Warriors 119 to 104. Um, again, these scores all coming from Monday night. Anything stand out from you that night or the week uh, that was basketball and trades? Yeah, so uh, before we jump into the trades, I definitely want to um, get the payoff on some of those scores. To, one game stands out for me because of its predecessor, the Warriors falling to the Clippers 104-119 was a big deal to me because just the other day it was all good in the hood and it was I heard beating the Los Angeles Lakers who oh lord it's nothing wrong bro it still is all good in the hood but go ahead they can show up against us and withstand our run uh, we had a chance to come back and and and, and beat the, beat them in that game they you know they took care of business and beat us and then beat and lose to the Clippers are you Big Cliff, aka Sports Thomas. Are you mad at the Warriors or are you mad at yourself, bro? Help us out. Why would I be mad at myself, bro? That's because that's or I'm saying yourself synonymous with the Lakers. Are you mad at the Warriors? Wow. Yes. Or are you and mad at the Lakers, bro? I think the answer to your question is yes and yes. I'm mad with the Lakers because I I, uh, I would rather them just not even try. But to give me that hope and then at the last minute be like, whoop, you got to be a little quicker than that. Like, it's, oh. <laughs> exactly. Literally what I feel like watching this team, because there's the games that I feel like, OK, we, we got a shot at this one. We can go ahead and then we lay an egg. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, I'm not even going to watch this game. We're not going to. Why are we competitive? And then end up still losing anyhow. It's like, yeah, no, nah, I just give up at this point. This has been one of the, I will say this, as how, and, and sports talkers, you are now getting a look into the life of Big Cliff. As things are getting good for me in my real life, like, and I'm getting back on track, and I'm dropping these pounds, and I'm doing this, and I'm winning. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. And then all of my teams, all we do is lose. Did I just, like, suck the uh, pause? Did I just, like, drain all of the mo- mojo from the Panthers and Lakers so that just, like, Carolina Sports Talk can win? Is that what happened? Is- now, I think that's that that has a lot to do with it. Once you started talking sports for a living, so to speak, <laughs> and, and really putting out these consistent podcasts and professing your team and putting it in the end. Listen, man, welcome to my world, bro. I've been a Yankees fan and a Knicks fan for the longest. So that's all I can say is welcome to my world. 
Now the Yanks, we've had our fair share of winning, but lately it's just been 2009. Like, since Brian since Brian Cashman has been on board. Yep. Say lesser. But uh, it's neither here nor there. We'll talk a little bit more baseball in uh in com- in the coming weeks, but when when they it com- locked out, go ahead. <laughs> if there's baseball to talk about. Right. But, but no, um another game that stuck stuck out to me was y'all losing to the Thunder. What was that about? It's a loss, bro. Like I just I just just now profess <laughs> to you I've been a Knicks fan and a Yankees fan for the longest. Welcome to our world, bro. You gotta learn how to Listen, man, I'm numb to that. I'm numb to all of this, bro. It doesn't, I don't have any kind of expectations postseason for us. So during the year, what, look, what am I really rooting for? Hopefully good basketball. I know who my squad is. Yep. Exactly. I don't, I don't have any kind of emotional uh, take or anything <laughs> in this, bro. No visceral no kind reactions. Of nothing, no, no investment no, whatsoever. I hear you. And, and it, 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 it wasn't overtime. If you huh? want any kind of, you know. Bright eye, Any kind of con- uh, consolation, but you know, uh, I'm cool. Yeah. Well, um, it seems like some teams have realized who they are, and then other teams have decided, hey, they they want to go all in and, and, and increase their team's likelihoods and chances of winning. Some such teams are the San the San Francisco, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets, who engaged in a trade that landed the Sixers Harden in exchange for Simmons. Now, this took place. Uh, on the day of the trade deadline, the 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap, as where the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first pick, first round pick, unprotected, and a 2027 first round pick. Um, early thoughts, man, in watching this and seeing this go down. First of all, before we get into your thoughts, there was a guy who the day before the trade took place went to Facebook and on his profile put out a message that said, expect that Harden to Philly sounder to sound off at any given time. Do you know who that guy was? The Carolina King. That's incorrect. I'll give you a hint. He hosts Sam, Sam Burris. Incorrect as well. Shout out to College Week on Jeopardy because I'm not listening. I don't know if y'all noticed, bro. Again, you could tell the you could tell the difference in in different. You could tell the difference in personalities. My team won the Super Bowl. That my pick won. Am I bragging and boasting about it? No. Go ahead, man. Yeah, you don't need the pomp and circumstance. You put it out there. It wasn't such a hot take, bro. It was. It was. I, but I say it was because there was a lot of folks. If you notice on the post itself, I got a bunch of flack and a bunch of they're not trading him until the summertime. And that's a dumb mm. move. And they'll never. So there was a lot of flack about a bunch of from a bunch of folks who just did not see that it was going to happen. But your boy Sports Diamonds reported it. And I told him I was like, yo, holla at your boy when you want to know what's going down here in these basketball trade streets. You feel I was going to say basketball trade streets, not. Not Super Bowl winning streets, but go ahead, bro. <laughs> I'm going to let you get that one off one time. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I did have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. So there's that. Anyhow, for me, the trade, um, I saw it coming. I, I absolutely think the Nets got away with murder. 
I was going to ask you who you think won the trade. Oh, it's not even a won the trade. It's how are the 76ers going to be able to even, like, like show their face for what they, how they got robbed. I'm saying they got done so bad. My dog can't even understand, like, why we would want to even talk about how dirty it was. But uh, what are your thoughts about it? Do you agree that the that the Nets made out with robbery? Yeah, I, I, at, on, on the surface, when it first happened, um, I was like, wow, like I could see both teams really benefiting from this. And while I could still see that both teams benefiting from benefiting from it, um, we talk about the the uh, draft picks. Those are things that go kind of overlooked mm-hmm. a lot of times. You know, when 2027 comes around, it's going to be like, <laughs> oh, y'all forgot about this. Like, y'all you know remember when. <laughs> right. And then I, again, uh having a complimentary player like Ben Simmons join Kyrie and, or half of Kyrie and, um, and Kevin Durant, it's, it's, that's good. And then not to mention to put a, to put a big out there, Andre Drummond and somebody like Seth Curry to give you some firepower and, and add to your arsenal of, of players. It's huge for Brooklyn. Um, You know, with Philly, they all are smiles and, and happy and stuff like that. But Philly fans in general, look, shout out to y'all. But y'all just love any kind of news anyways. Y'all They're take like relevant. the worst news in the world, whether it's the Eagles, the Flyers, the Phillies, whoever it is, the Sixers. And y'all will take that and, oh, we going to the ship this year, y'all. So <laughs> shout out to Philly fans. They needed something. They needed. They trusted the process this long. They needed something. Um, and, and they believe, you know, I see so many Philly fans like, oh, this is what this is going to do it. This is what we needed type deal, you know, and it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I I can see the Ben Simmons for Harden straight up. I could see um, even whoever else that they sent. But to Paul send Millsap and yeah, yeah, yeah. To the world. but to bring Seth and the two first round picks that that was what kind of took it over the top for me uh on the trade deadline there was also another big trade the mavericks mavericks sending porzingis to the wizards uh so in return the mavericks get spencer dinwiddie with along along with davis burtons and the wizards get chris Stapps, porzingis and a 2022 second round pick what are your thoughts on that one immediately i guess who kind of which one stands out as a winner in that trade for you uh the uh, i like Mm, it's a little hard for you. I like the yeah. I, I like the Mavs honestly because I don't want to put Chris Stapps in a um. What's your man name? Uh, I just had his. He he used to be a, a real good sharpshooter. Real Gallinari. Mm. To me, Chris Stapps is kind of like a Gallinari esque where he's on the back curve of his career or the back side of his career pause but and he can produce but he's not gonna be chris Stapps like that now granted he's still seven feet he's still a seven footer or whatever like that he has height he's got the outside jumper and stuff like that but i don't see much what's that you can't coach height now right but i don't see much more mileage um in chris Stapps. bertans even a spencer dinwiddie he is the type Dinwiddie carried Brooklyn for a long time. He just needed a new change of scenery. Need, you know, you get somebody fired up like a, um, a, a Mark Cuban or whatever like that mm-hmm. running the franchise. That's exciting for you. You know what I mean? Uh, so 
I'm, I'm leaning toward the Mavericks. I'm excited to see what the Hornets did as well. But in that in that situation, I'm leaning toward the Mavericks. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely be interesting to see how that works out for both sides. Uh, I'll fly through a couple more of these on uh, also at the trade deadline. The or the date of the rather the Celtics acquired Derek White from the Spurs, and the Spurs in return get Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2022 first round pick, first round pick swap in 2028 as well. Uh, also on that day, Theus Daniel Theus uh, went over and returned to the Boston Celtics, and in return the Rockets got Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom, crickets. And Bruno Fernando. Um, and then lastly, the Bucks get Ibaka in a four-team trade. So the Bucks get Serge Ibaka uh, via the LA Clippers. They get a second-round pick from Sacramento, second-round pick from Detroit, and cash, cash considerations from the LA Clippers. The Clippers get Rodney Hood, Simi Ogelier, um, and Meryl Vin- Mar- oh, Marinovich. And then the Kings. You were doing well. Yeah, I was. I was. I just was going a little too fast, and I was just like, "Wait, no, what is that one?" Uh, the Sacramento Kings get Dante Divincenzo, the Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, Michael Minichu, and a second round pick from Detroit. And then Michael Bagley is also going to have a new team. Marvin up. Bagley. Marvin. Sorry, I said Michael Bagley. And David. David Minchino. You said Michael, but go ahead. You got Michael on the brain for some reason. <laughs> Everybody named Michael. You get to be Michael. You get to be Michael. You are the Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Bagley, not to be mistaken with his uncle Michael, who just owns the car wash down there, <laughs> around there in the hood. Uh, but yeah, which of those kind of stood out to you, bro? That's just one of those big, big trades that you get. Uh, you get lost in the sauce and kind of get tired by the time that they like announcing it on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're going through. And so you'd be thinking to yourself, man, what did that group chat or that uh, FaceTime, that group FaceTime call even sound like? Like, <laughs> all right, no, we'll get them and we'll get him and then y'all get them. But um, no, um, of course, Serge Ibaka going to the Bucks. honestly. Uh, Bucks getting a couple picks or whatnot. That just that just strengthens them. Serge Ibaka literally going to the Bucks strengthens them. Clippers got Rodney Hood. To, you know, a big name or whatnot, even though eh, tail end of his career in, in some, some could argue, uh, you know, it, the Marvin Bagley thing as well to the Pistons, but mo- mostly that Serge Ibaka move. Okay. Now I, I do got to give a shout out to a couple of uh, Carolina kids, including Tory Craig, Columbia, South Carolina's own, who was traded to the Suns. Uh, along with P.J. Dozier, who played his college ball at the University of South Carolina, who is now a Magic. Um, so shout out to you guys. Hopefully they're able to pick on with their new teams and to make a little bit of noise. And hopefully, in, uh, especially in um, Tory's case, to really be playing for a contender. And he is a hard-nosed defender who who it seems to always be around the ball at critical times. And so he, I think that'll be a good pickup, and he fits and will definitely gel with the culture of what that team is trying to do out there in the land of the rising sun. So ultimately, mm-hmm. a lot of good trades. Um, it, it, it A lot of teams got better. A couple of teams seemed like they stood pat, like the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, did you hear that? Say again? Nah, go ahead. Did I hear what? Did you hear that there was a little bit of uh, double talk from Rob Palenka when it came down to uh, what their strategy was when it came down to the trade, day, trade, day, trade deadline? 
Did you hear any of that? No, but <laughs> I did. Yeah, I don't care about the Lakers. How many times have you said it? But I did want to show some love to another Carolina kid, North Carolina, that is, out of Lumberton, North Carolina, I want to say, coming back home to Charlotte. One Montrez Harrell Formerly. coming back from the Wizards. Formerly. And again, this may have been because of the Porzingis thing that, you know, they and they, they kind of got a big out of there so they could bring Porzingis in and whatnot. But the Hornets got Montrez Harrell, Harrell and the Washington Wizards received Vernon Carey Jr. Ish Smith, who is a great uh, younger player and prospect and a 2023 second round pick, which is Boston's pick via Charlotte. Um, so what again, just being Carolina sports talk, Charlotte definitely got better with that trade, having a dog in the fight or in the middle um, or in the front court rather uh, to help them out because miles uh, Mason Plumlee wasn't getting the job all the way done. Like I said, if anything, this just gives them a little bit more attitude and a little bit more fight, not to mention the um, scary Terry Rosier uh, and Montrez Harrell Louisville connection. Yeah. So Montrez to me being that tweener big that he is. Right. Um, I, 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 everything you say with regards to the dog mentality, I see that on him and I see it for him. But again, the same way I talk about with Chris Stapps, you can't coach height. You, you, you can't coach the In lack reverse. of it either. Right. So um, let's just give the, the audience a perspective. He's six, nine, I want to say with a seven, four wingspan. Mm-hmm. So you can, you always see Montrez uh, dunking and all of that stuff. But Again, to no avail, he is who he is as far as his height is concerned. You give him five inches and he's a problem. Hey, yo. Pause. (laughs) 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 Never going to get the chance. But I digress and we move forward. Um, So so it's like, uh, poor little Tink Tink. That's all you could say for him, bro. Like he got that heart, he got the the drive and the work ethic, but it's, it's but and I say like I like I was alluding to though, it's just the Hornets when I, I went to see them last Wednesday when they played the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um awesome performances by DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine lit it up. Um didn't get an interview, so uh, but go ahead. Vujicic, I want to say for the Bulls, all of them, they was they was on fire. And the, the Hornets showed up, but the only thing you could look to in their front court was Plumlee. So, you know, with, again, just, I think there's there's some power in a lot of the NBA. I'll just go ahead and say, because it's February, the black players that have dreads mm-hmm. and black lips, they've got a little edge to them. Any <laughs> any of the black players that have dreads and black lips what? and, and an extra bonus, an extra bonus is if they have a grill. Yeah. They're 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 intimidating, bro. They're intimidating, like people. That's why LeBron went. Look, every time LeBron goes into GM mode, he always look for one of those black dudes with dreads, man. Bro, hey man, what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm not dealing black with black dudes with dreads. Nah, all right, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop there, but, but yeah. It's funny you say that though. So, Did you see the uh, the TikTok about the buddy with the black with the dreads um, and the matting rating? So there's a no. there's a filter that uh, you it scans your face and tells you what your Madden rating is going to be, 
And so mm-hmm. the dude has his hair pulled back, and all you see is his face. Um, athletic looking dude, whatever. But then it scans him, and it was like, told him his overall rating was like a 43. And he was like, oh, man. And so he split screen and comes back with his dreads, and he shakes his dreads. He was like, nah, because I need to let them know to stop playing with me. They need to know it's me. And then it scans him again, sees his dreads, and he goes up to a 97. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the so the Larry Fitzgerald dreads, yeah, the neat no. ponytail doesn't get it done. But when you get the hat. <laughs> but when you the get Henderson, the... the Henderson. Come in the crash, I got my dreads. What's your man name from L.A.? Henderson? Yeah, you the Darryl Henderson. Or the, um, <laughs> your man that used to play at the Rams, that used to be running back, Steven Jackson, I want to yeah. say. <laughs> now you got the power with those <laughs> Like the locks, you hear me? Happy Black History Month, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they just need to know to stop playing with that man. At the end of the day, they, they, they talented out there in them streets, man. So shout out to to all of the teams that are getting better uh, as we get ready to approach the, uh, not, even, not even the halfway mark, but with the all-star break in the NBA. And for those of you who are pro- approaching a certain breaking point in your life, if you need a good help some friends out there, make sure you hit up my man Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance out of Columbia, South Carolina. He can help you with all of your auto, your home, your life, and health insurance needs. Again, his name is Grant Williams. He's an agent that wants to work for you and be able to solve all of your insurance needs. Give him a call at 803-699-7564. That's Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance, 803 803- 699-7564. Make sure you let him know the Big Cliff sent you as well. So next up for us, it is time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. We give you sports headlines and we let you know if they are a big deal or if they are not a thing. So first up, we have Cooper Cup winning the Super Bowl MVP. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. I'm going to say it's a big deal as well. Why you say? That's a big uh, deal. For one, I had him as one of my MVP <laughs> candidates for the regular season. So got to show my boy love. And, and, and when we did love. try to, when we did, when not we, but when you specifically tried to downplay him, I still stood stood tall on the Cooper bandwagon fan wagon if you will and i was like nah i, I still got to give my boy some credit he's doing his thing and he did show up like like we were talking about though and alluding to they were bracketing him and yes uh the Bengals may have let up on their defense or in their secondary just a little bit toward the end of the game and loosened up so it, it opened up some holes um shout out to matthew stafford with the no look pass too yeah disgusting yeah. disgusting but bruh Standing tall and making them some of those catches, especially after the helmet to helmet hit that he took uh, in the end zone, that was a mm-hmm. big hit. And he came right back, tough as nails, and and just he was he was the offense. He Cam Akers again non-productive. Mm-hmm. Henderson had those receiving yards, but, but their running game was pretty much sewed up. And he was the offense, especially after the explosion the Bengals came with. Uh, coming out in the second half so big deal i i say it's a big deal because i am going to give him the respect of the season that he has had he's had one of the great all-time seasons next year he will be cam newton after the 2015 super bowl you're not gonna know who he is i if i if if when i get ready to draft depends on who's throwing to him 
Matthew Stafford can come with a surgically repaired arm that looks like Jax from Mortal Kombat, and I'm not drafting Cooper Cup in fantasy football next year. I'm not doing it. I'm sticking miles away from that dude. If if I'm Go ahead. If I'm drafting in the third round at the last pick, and I know I got the first pick in the next round, and he's there, I'm not picking him with either one of my picks, bro. I'm not touching him. Do you, so you think it's just a situation where the league is going to catch up to him and figure him out? Without doubt. And, and that's gotcha. why I said it doesn't matter who's even there because there's a lot of folks. Matt Stafford to the Hall of Fame. Relax. He's never been top 10. He's never had an MVP. He's never been that guy. He's never been the, the best quarterback of a league. Granted, he's had a good career, and this solidifies him as a good player. But I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, and I honestly don't see Cooper Cup. And, and I don't mean to not give him respect, because, again, I gave him the respect of what he has done this season, but I just don't see him being that guy moving forward um, next season at all. So, Do you deal. feel like two names, two names real quick, mm-hmm. Julian Edelman, Amendola, are they better than or have they sustained better careers or yes. will sustain a better career than Cooper Cup will Both eventually? Absolutely. All right. I just, just had that question. Okay. Next up. Kyler Murray has scrubbed all mentions of the Arizona Cardinals from his Instagram. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. Why do you say? That's a big deal. Okay. So the old head in me mm-hmm. that doesn't like to accept new new ways of communicating and, and new correspondence and stuff like that would be like, man, that ain't no thing, man. What's the big deal about that? But the time and age that we live in right now, Big Cliff, that's a statement. Mm-hmm. As diva-ish as it sounds, <laughs> I, I try to stay off of social media as far as posts and all of that stuff. As diva-ish and as like, I don't just for lack of better terms, as girly as that sounds. <laughs> no offense to the no offense to the woman uh, sports talk nation, but um, you know, I'ma just I'ma just unfollow and I'm just gonna. Like you ain't gonna see my my you know when girlfriends or boyfriends break up you're not gonna see my significant other no more or whatever like that on my and that's how you gonna know that we broke up right. like that's a statement in itself it's 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 a reason that it was done uh, people know how powerful social media is mm-hmm. and he's making a statement he's making a statement what this is the equivalent of for me is the women that go and get a divorce and their name goes from Mary Washington to Mary Elizabeth. They done dropped the the married name and now they're just going by first name, middle and middle name. So it's like mm-hmm. we know what this is. We've seen this movie before. Um, there's a lot that goes into this though. Um, he feels like he has been made out to be the scapegoat for the team's lack of performance, uh, and yet there are a lot of not even whispers at this point, but more like rumblings from a lot of the players, a lot of the executives, and even some of his coaching staff that he does not possess the skills necessary to be a leader for his team. Um, They have tried to inspire him. They've tried to encourage him. um, And it it seems to be no avail. Some of it are uh, certain intangible things. You got members of your team as the leader of a National Football League team, as the quarterback, and you got members who will follow you on social media and you don't follow back. You got guys who say they come to you and try to talk to you, can communicate with you, and you get Hollywood with your own teammates. Um, so there, there's a lot that's been behind the scenes. And, um, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, yeah, he's a professional football player, but he's a 20 something year old kid at the same time. And so you cannot force someone into a role that they may not 
be naturally bred for. And and so um, athletically, he has all the tools and gifts necessary. I was just gonna say that. But Go between ahead. the he- between the ears, you you got to have it there, and you got to have it in your in your chest as well. Um, and it just and, appears that he doesn't. Yeah, and the leadership qualities, like you said, it, those things similar to height and stuff like that that we were talking about. And in certain ways, leadership cannot be coached. It's certain, it's the little things that you do that's going to help to bring a team together, help a team to gel. And when it doesn't happen, you can see that. I I just now went to my cousin's last game at Independence High School, shout out to them. And there was a gentleman on the floor, I won't name him or, or give his number out or anything like that, his jersey number, but physically has it all there and everything like that. The guy simply wouldn't break, like, join the team in the huddle to break it down whenever they were, like, any any timeout that was called, bro. And that stood out to me. And the team eventually lost. They ultimately lost. But that stood out to me. With Kyler Murray, like you said, he has the physical abilities of of anybody else. He runs like a, he runs like he's a little toddler about to get a beaten. <laughs> but he is fast, though. He could throw the ball as well. But... You know, with these reports and stuff like that coming back, it's it's only so much. And I think a lot of those younger guys, they're trying to redefine the um, the athlete, the professional athlete nowadays, you know, where it's more about me than it is about we. It's more about what can I guarantee for my stock and my brand versus the team's brand, if you will. Absolutely. Big deal regardless, though. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Kyla Murray to Carolina. Uh-huh. Moving on, Antonio's Bra- Antonio Brown's glove from the sideline meltdown at MetLife Stadium sells for $16,900 in an online auction. Big deal or no thing? It's no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say... That's a big deal. And I'm going to be... It's 50. Why you say it's no... No deal. No, not a thing. Shout out to 75 Cent. Um, well, <laughs> with... All right. Everything that goes on, is there's a bunch of stuff that goes uh, and gets auctioned off or whatever like that. Nowadays, that's one. And for two, honestly speaking, the value of that glove, especially after taxes, it might get you a 40-piece 40, 40 or a 50-piece wings. Maybe with the inflation, the mm. way that it is right now, and how much chicken wings are. So you know, <laughs> the car you can't you can't get a new car with that. You definitely can't get you know you're not putting. They're gonna chuckle at you if you try to put that as a down payment on the house. Look, that little ten grand is gonna be look taken up by gas and groceries in the next month or two. Bro, seventeen thousand dollars ain't nothing to sniff at. It's a big deal to me because the value of it at an the value of an item is set at whatever people are willing to pay for it. So you Absolutely. can say that it's worth $40, but the fact that somebody just kicked out 17 K for it, that screams definitely to me. That's a big deal. First of all, cause he's a nut. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm hoping at this point that until, and unless he's able to get some help that he's just done playing in the NBA, NFL, <laughs> NBA. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a big deal. Six, $17,000 for some gloves for a well, glove. Right. Whoever bought that glove, I got an autographed Carmelo jersey from the Nuggets. Y'all give me an offer. Hit me. Next up, the South Carolina women Gamecocks are projected as the number one overall seed for the tournament. Big deal or no thing? 
Uh, no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. First of all, I don't like that. Get out of my head. Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say it's, ain't a, it's not a thing? Um, while I always give credit to Dawn Staley and, and her squad that she's put together, um, who's the um, their little they like a leader, Aaliyah Boston? Mm-hmm. The center. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Shorty Monster. Um, but uh, yeah, they've been they've been number one all season pretty much, and unanimous number one, I, I believe, since like November or December or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is par for the car course. They, you know, they've got one thing in mind and I know that, you know, number one was something that was expected and something that they could see, you know, coming, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's just no thing. So for me, it's, it's a big deal. Um, excuse me. It's not a thing because similarly, um, the Gamecock women been, been who they've been all year. The, the committee respects this team so much that even after their loss, they remain the number one team in the league. It's like, okay, no, y'all lost. We we understand that y'all lost, but uh, ain't nobody better than y'all. And now they're they're looking at being wired or wired consensus number one. Um, so um, they are on a mission. I saw them play against the the, the University of Kentucky, and their women's squad. They they locked them down on defense. They never scored more than double digits in any of the first three quarters that Don Staley had her starters in the game. Mm. Now during the fourth quarters, they kind of came on a run when she had like the young young guns in there but it was some valuable experience for the freshmen and so you saw the game begin to turn and she left them in there probably a little too long where it game went from being up double digits to then down uh, just two or to being up just two in like a couple of minutes left and so at that point she sent her starters out and you, you could see that Kentucky's momentum was still trying to push them and then the starters are like yeah no nah, but we back out here on this floor don't let me get that ball please thank you and, and locked down, and, and it just, you know, made it inevitable at that point. But uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what they are able to do in the tournament. For me, it feels like this is a championship or bust type of squad. Um, and so to be able to be projected as the number one seed, it's like, okay, we expect that. Next, these are goals. Right. Win in the SEC tournament. Win it. We've already pretty much locked up the regular season title. Let's go ahead on and get ready and win this chip and bring another one home to South Carolina. So not a big deal to be projected as the one seed. They got to do something with it when they get there. Last up on big deal, no thing. LeBron James wants a Los Angeles parade for the Rams and the Dodgers for winning championships in the city. Big deal or no thing? It's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. I'm going to go another way, and I'm saying it's not a big deal, nor is it not a thing. It's a... What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What you say? Why is it not a thing or a big deal for you? Yeah. I'm First of all, you're going to find a way to put some kind of Lakers stuff in here. But secondly, <laughs> Carolina Lakers I saw a funny, I saw, <laughs> I saw a funny meme where he's showing uh, LeBron get amped to 50 and all of that stuff. And it was like, the Lakers are not, are the ninth seed currently. And like, this is your guy or whatever like that. So it's hilarious to me that, you know, while it's hilarious and a big deal to me that while uh, the Lakers are going through what they're going through, LeBron is just unbothered and he is enjoying La La Land. He's enjoying everything that is La La Land and everything except for including the Lakers in, in the parade talk because he knows exactly what time it is with his squad. 
Bruh, what is you even got your mouth open <laughs> talking about these people and what they were able to accomplish when you are the ninth seed in the West? <laughs> and don't but the eighth. Say it again, bro. The ninth seed oh, okay. in the West. Okay. And don't nothing but the top eight make it into the playoffs, bro. Win some games. <laughs> That's what you do. What real about the of, season that you're still in? Speaking Come of, on, man. He, was, he was fresh off of a missed two missed free throw attempts against the Warriors. And, <laughs> and yeah, he had I to get his did. win out the weekend somehow, I guess. I think that their accomplishments need to be. Worry about your accomplishment. You are in your season. Stay focused. What happened to lockdown LeBron, the one that used to never be on social media and all of that? Now you out here, Taco Tuesday. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Big Cliff here at Carolina Sports Talk is not a fan of losing, nor am I a fan of the players who are causing said team to lose to do everything else but not let us lose. (laughs) That's why I didn't like when Cam was doing all that dancing, and not dancing, all that uh, unique dressing when we were out here losing. It's like, bro, you can get your Sears catalog on at any other time, bro. Come out here and win something, and you can come flashing zebra stripes and lion prints for all I care. But when you're out here losing, bro, I don't care how fly you are. You're a sharp-dressed loser, bro. Relax. LeBron James, when y'all are in playoff contention With the Mr. Planners hats. Listen, listen, Linda. LeBron James, when you guys are back into contention within somebody's fifth the sixth range, then you can talk about somebody else's team and or another sport. Until then, hunker down, get your team to play some defense, get Bricks McGee to learn how to shoot the basketball again, and relax. Yowza. And that's going to wrap us up for Big Deal No Thing today. Just before we head out, we got an extra special Nothing to Do With Sports segment by our own DJ Highstar. Go and holler at the people, bro. Yeah, man. Listen, real quickly, I just want to get this out the way, bro. Do you, you might not have it queued up, of course, because we haven't talked and done it in a while, but you don't have it's so hard to say goodbye, do you? So I'm just playing that in my head right now. As a matter of fact, I do. So, <clears throat> first of all, the Sacramento Kings won't have to worry about, is my music still playing? Okay. Sacramento Kings won't have to worry about this prospect coming to work out for them. His Auntie Monet was seen performing halftime at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I just want to give a rest in peace to my boy Zeke Cross, Ezekiel Zeke Cross. His birth date, that's debatable. <laughs> it could be 1998, could be 2002. But he met his untimely demise a few weeks back on the season finale of Power ghost I just want to take this time out and say I think I should tell him what I know because that was his favorite line y'all he was famously a self snitcher outside of that just want to give my respect where respect is due and say rest in peace one Ezekiel Z cross shout out shout out shout out <laughs> thank you for showing your respects big cliff thank you Bro, before we go, is there anything you want to highlight to people, man? There there was. Uh, I can't recall it all the way, but shout out to Carver's Bay once again. The new rankings came out. They're ranked number two in the league. They're waiting to see who they play on Friday. Okay. Um, so shout out to them, definitely. And um, 
also rest in rest in peace to my to white to the white infinity that I drove for the past three years. Hey yo, uh, went ahead and <laughs> let her go to car heaven. You know listen, what I mean? Listen, when I saw the post, man, I, I shed a thug tear for you, man. Knowing what what you've been up and through, been down and back with that one there, and what all that meant to you, and just the manifestation of the power of life and death in that song, bro. Like, nah, shout out to you, man. I appreciate. I'm, I'm glad you was able to. You know what I mean. Get some life out of it, bro. So shout out to you. And yeah. Well, that's going to do it us do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Thank you for listening on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net or jump on over to the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk. Talk back. Until next week, peace.